What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome to Strictly Business. Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today my guests are Peter Michelli and Jack Wiggum of Range Media Partners. Range Media Partners is one of the most ambitious startups to hit the Hollywood creative community in years. Michelli is a CAA alum who moved into the executive ranks at Entertainment One a few years ago. Wiggum is also a longtime CIA agent who joined Michelli when he got the urge to try to build a better mousetrap for both clients and managers. Range Media is so named for the variety of services that it offers its clients. In addition to management, the company is active in venture capital, it has a production arm through a partnership with A&E Networks, and as Michelli explains, they're spending a lot of time and energy figuring out what Web3 technologies will mean for creative talent. As Michelli puts it, it's all part of their SEAL Team 6 mentality to make clients the mission. We'll hear how this has all come together with the backing from former hedge fund leader Stephen A. Cohen, and that's all coming up after the break. Streaming has become the new TV. Today, free ad-supported streaming TV, otherwise known as FAST, has opened up new revenue streams for platforms, advertisers, and content owners. Partner with Amagi, a global leader in FAST, to reach 200 million-plus CTV households, more than 100 platforms, over 700 content brands, and access 50 billion-plus ad opportunities. So make a fast move. Visit amagi.com today. And we're back with more from Range Media Partners, Peter Michelli and Jack Wiggum. 
thank you so much for having me come down to your offices under construction it's definitely got new office smell we were really excited about the idea could we find a space that felt a little bit more indoor outdoor that had its own vibe didn't necessarily have an elevator and could we design a space that was really in response to covid and the way people want to work today and nurture the idea that great work can happen anywhere, but we have a home base to collect and create positive energy. So every the office where we picked, how we've designed it was very intentional given the, uh, the shift in culture based on COVID. Pete, you are an alumnus of CAA. You also spent time in Entertainment One as Chief Strategy Officer. Yep. Uh, Jack, you also had a, a long run at CAA. Now, coming into this new venture where you have uh, some very significant backing from Stephen Cohen, you also very quickly did a deal with A&E Networks that is a, obviously brought you, I remember, Pete, we talked about, brought you not only, of course, you know, capital, but a really important strategic partner. Yep. As you set out to build a company, a talent <clears throat> representation company for the 21st century, what were, what were some of the first things that you did? What, what are you doing differently with range media than you have done in your in your previous positions in your legacy positions. I I I'd first answer the question by you know just saying uh, how much I think collectively how much gratitude we had have towards the agencies where we where we learned and developed that experience <coughs> and those relationships. We are a collection of, of former agents who are are, are now. Uh, on the management production side, but um, you know we, you know we, there was so much to learn at CAA, at WME, at UTA, and then to try to apply it in a slightly different way. And I, when you said I, I wouldn't necessarily say a better mousetrap, just a hopefully a unique um, uh, uh, company where we even even gravitated towards getting away from calling ourselves managers. You know we. We love the idea of being partners, thought partners, um, creative partners. Um, so a, a big foundation of that thesis was intimacy. Uh, fewer clients, mm -hmm. more attention, uh, hopefully uh, being able to spend a lot more time on projects and clients um, that we were really passionate about. So one of the guardrails we were hoping to kind of put up was you know, let's make it, uh, a, we, we call it a speakeasy that, uh, you know, we feel really fortunate to work at and hopefully a client feels fortunate to be represented at. And, and so intimacy became a huge, huge key word for us. Yeah, I think the, uh, when we looked at it, uh, uh, Jack's right, it's, you know, we, we learned so much, you know, I learned so much at CA watching the growth watching the business evolve, learned so much in the moment in 2007, 2008, where I got very intimate with um, um, a new financing structure, which helped Netflix um, get a lot of their first round of shows. Mm -hmm. And you saw, wow, could we create a company where intimacy was a big part of it, that we are, are spending more time on on a, uh, a pool of uh, clients and partners and artists. We could use language to change intention. 
So we looked at it and said, you know, let's be a great representation firm because the world is changing. Not an indictment on any existing business mm -hmm. that technology, a new technology is coming in the form of whatever you, blockchain, smart contracts, that are gonna shift content distribution again. And let's build a company that will be really ready for that shift. Um, let's build a company that uses language to talk about clients as partners or that we're representatives and our uh, associates, uh, or what most people call assistants, feel more empowered. That we're, we're building a balanced leadership structure so ide great ideas come from everywhere. And we are thinking about in, a, in an environment that we're living in today where it's very challenging for the streaming services to show profit. Well, what does that mean with, with back ends of film and TV and where can we add extra value to the equation? Um, whether you call it um, on, on the commerce side or asset creation or building equity value, let's have a company that has real re resources focused on that for our partners. So we're part of the evolution in the most positive way. Uh, we never have any intent to compete with the agencies in terms of size and scale and Mm -hmm. information control and all of those things. What we felt was we could be really amazing at representation because we're going to pull a few levers to change um, what we do there. But we're also going to add this extra component to it um, based on the fact that technology and the world in which long-term value is created has changed significantly. How do you do the day-to-day -day job of representing an actor, a writer, a showrunner, and also, and also, kind of, you know, prepare for that for that future. I think that's one of the things that people are saying is like, there's so much going on right now. You almost feel like you're on a hamster wheel. How do you does? I'm guessing that that's part of the intimacy is like getting to know that person so well and not having so many other people on your call sheet at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it does, and it's also the intimacy applies in the internal workings of the company. And what I mean by that is. Um, we found that, you know, to pull off what we call sometimes the off menu stuff, you know, let's say on menu is the traditional blocking and tackling of, you know, trying to put actors to work, mm -hmm. actresses to work, put together films, directors and jobs. Um, the off menu stuff is, is, is really helping try to manufacture from, from a piece of IP, a book, a, you know, a, a, a script, you know. To, to completion um, or, you know, building businesses around a client or helping them expand into ancillary areas that we found a lot of artists were way more open to today than they were 10, 15 years ago. Hmm. Um, you know, ob some obvious examples, Reese Witherspoon with Hello Sunshine, hmm. George Clooney with Casamigos, you know, you know uh, Ryan Reynolds, there's some phenomenal examples. Those things are really hard to do, and our part of our thesis was it takes uh, an intimate level of communication amongst different specialists mm -hmm. to try to pull that off. And then something as crass as an alignment of incentives. You want as many people rowing in the same direction as possible and caring about that mission. So, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot privately kind of about a, a SEAL Team 6 mentality of just really being mission oriented on behalf of objectives, clients, um, projects, 
um, and then and then protecting the ecosystem uh, within, which is you know an, an intimate experience where folks are in rooms together talking and communicating about these things that are kind of hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say the the factors is we we look at and and strongly encourage a limit on how many clients each representative has. So we, and that helps us in a couple ways. Mm -hmm. It makes you really think about the choices you're taking on. Like, so if it's not a limitless, oh, I can have as as many as I, no, no, we're not operating that way. We wanna make sure you're disciplined to save the amount of time that it needs to be really strategic from the point of view that we said. So that's one lever we pulled. So we were very diligent about, um, from a leadership standpoint, making sure not one representative has uh, more clients than we f- feel is possible for you to be wildly strategic, one. Two. Can I just press you, is that yeah. a single digit number? Is it a du- double digit no, number? Double I'm, digit sure, number I'm sure it varies also, by experience. Yeah, so. by experience it's a double digit, and it's, it's a, it's a, are you pointing solo or co-pointing? So there's a couple of factors that we look at, but it's much reduced from what our experience was at the agencies. Mm-hmm. The second thing is half of our staff is business development, venture capital, data analytics, production, brand, endorsement. So the opportunity flow for us is different because it's not, it's not mostly representatives that are, it is, it is a range, of, that's why the company is called Range, because we're helping this other part of our staff bring opportunities to our clients and partners that they might not normally see. And you can't, what we looked at is, we don't want to just be the company that's like, hey, magically, we're going to do it differently and better and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You have to change some of the structures to get the different results, or else you just kind of go down the same path. And so for us, if we really wanted to um, be the most forward thinking in terms of new technologies, we would need to have a Web3 division that was really pushing innovations. And so, and if you really wanted to help um, partners and artists get equity positions in businesses, you would need a business development team and a venture capital team and data analytics to, so we built all of those shared services in a really strong way. And that was the benefit, you know, Steve Cohen gave us a lot of insight on, on what he'd seen work really, really well. And then 18 months later, we were we were very humbled by A plus E coming into the equation mm-hmm. and what most people would consider a preemptive Series A and saying, we really value what you're building and we see where you want to go and let us help you supercharge those initiatives. And so everything, you know, our, our first business plan is like 80% intact. You know, and what we do in a very disciplined way is every three months we get together with our managing partners and we're tweaking the business plan. And what we found is our secret sauce is establish a best in class culture, work really hard at it and can commit to it. So twice a year we are, uh, we have these things called our standards and twice a year we do an exercise where we look at our standards, we add to them. We condense them, we change language in them, but they're our cultural roadmap. And twice a year, we're spending about a month in each section getting all ideas from all anybody from an associate level to new hires. So you take culture, you add culture to um, getting everyone to understand and agree on the business plan, right? So it's very transparent where we're trying to go. And that we feel attracts 
the very best talent internally. And when you have great culture and a business plan that everybody agrees on, we feel like the most amazing things can happen. And that's been the foundation for us. Part of our thesis is that one, one thing that we are really proud and excited about is data analytics. Mm -hmm. Just un understanding the world, artists, business in a, in a way that we almost didn't know was possible to kind of help give you some of the answers to the test. And Would you say, and when you do look at that, like if you're looking at a client, do you look at like who follows this person? Who is, who, who does yeah. this client reach? Is that oh, what those very, are the We could spend hours talking about it. I mean, it, it blew our mind getting <laughs> underneath, uh, you know, the, the ways, the types of information you can access and the types of queries you can um, put through some models to get back where you should be putting energy, mm -hmm. where a client might be best served to put some energy, notwithstanding what they're mm -hmm. interested in. Sure, sure. You're really looking for very organic matches uh, of, of artists to idea mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, project or commerce. Um, so what we're hoping to do is to, to, to increase the level of sophistication on on the energies we're applying to these endeavors, these projects, these businesses, those kind of things, just to give it as much escape velocity as, as we can. You know, I would, I would add to it, it's, it's really well said. Where we, we, we have two really important theses here is, talent is the atomic unit of the future. It is talent that can build community, um, can move mountains. Mm -hmm. And we believe that is like a fundamental principle. So then range is designed to help exceptional talent unlock full global value in all businesses. And so that is our, that's our North Star, right? Which means you have to be really great. And if, if you start from a place, I'm a movie star, we have to have, you know, there's nobody better than Jack Wiggum in terms of representing high end mm -hmm actors, actresses. So we have to have... I might call BS on that. The people that we, we, no, I'm not. we have to have those people that are like, oh, your movie star career is going to... We're going to be very additive there. We are going to drive a successful and maintain a successful movie star career. Or in the, in the wake of Jack Harlow or Mariah... And on the music side, the same thing. Now we have this other team that's coming in and saying, okay, where are these opportunities that we're helping them build community? We use the data to say, where are the opportunities in and around? And we get this, you know, Steve Cohen, so much credit. He has an enormous budget that he looks at from a data analytics. And that's why he's a part of the reason he's been so wildly successful. So we looked at those rhythms of using data to understand how the markets were shifting, understand how, from our filter, how do you build community? Once you build community, where's the authenticity? Once you understand the authenticity, where's the opportunity in commerce? And so we always start with like, we have the teams involved to help exceptional talent maintain what they would consider their core. Mm -hmm. And now the layer that comes in over it is the other side of the company is like, okay, now that we're doing that, where are the other opportunities? And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time uh, figuring out what data sets to ask for are generally the, the hardest part of it. Mm. Cause then that, you know, like you gotta keep tinkering around so you get to the right place. The kind and, of thing you talk about in staff meetings is like, what are you? Yeah. What, so what is it? What, there's this authentic love of this. And what is that? Where's that marketplace going? And so you're kind of looking at all these things that are happening right now. And you say, 
Well, you know, the Web3 technologies that people talk a lot about, they just kind of throw out those terms. But really, Web3 is both a metaverse that's a more AR, VR experiential storytelling, but it really means a decentralized um, um, environment that is really more where peer-to-peer -peer transactions can happen more. And so what does that mean for our partners and artists? And, and, and so you have to spend real resources and time preparing for these shifts that are coming. And so we, we do this in the, um, it's both really dynamic, it's really exciting. It's the belief that, you know, talent being the atomic unit of the future is they can create awareness and they can curate and they can be filters of quality mm -hmm. more than most corporations can be, right? And so just picking our head up and going like, these shifts are in front of us, mm -hmm. let's not ignore them, let's lean into them and be part of the solution. Understanding that great storytelling is of the utmost important to get uh, to build community. We we are a function of storytelling, and so it's the balancing of all those ideas. And so when we you know when we took the A plus E investment, it was like oh this allows us to supercharge. We can now we can expand on the talent pool. We can safely bring in really great representatives to you know grow those capabilities. We can now invest in a record label. Uh, we do that with Capital and Virgin. We now have full production capabilities in a way that we think favors, you know, we're doing it with a bona fide studio in A plus E, mm -hmm. right? We can um, set up film funds that we're doing with Film Nation. Um, so we can, now we have, we can co-finance smaller movies and bring that opportunity to the table. A branded content studio to work with brands, right? Uh, sports division and uh, Web3 capabilities, right? And now we have money that we can kind of, when we see a great opportunity based on working very hard on the authenticity and the data, we can say, okay, we can actually put money into it too. That's how much we believe in it. And so all these things are just small shifts that create, we think, a, a really productive environment for us and our partners. I just add, you can tell we get excited talking about like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, what we're hoping to be kind of the evolution of uh, representation and, and partnership and all that, but all of that is contrasted by, you know, I think the notion that we were, the group of us were initially representatives first and it all comes back to blocking and tackling. Mm -hmm. We love putting clients to work and putting together projects so much. And if you don't do that well, none of the other stuff can happen. Can, can happen. And so um, I always say, like, I think the greatest gift I ever got in the business was being related to an artist that for many years is, it was a starving artist. And so you never forget what that feels like. Your older brother older is actor Shea Wiggum, yeah. fantastic actor who I fell for as an actor on Boardwalk Empire, a standout in a great cast. Oh, well... Uh, that's sweet of you to say. I, I just, it, it was those years though, being around Shay and Michael Shannon, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, these just folks that we, you know, lucky enough to be friends with or work with, but seeing what those lean years looked like and you never forget about that. You know, we, again, we do kind of talk about none of us having been the children of a director or producer, you mm -hmm. know, all of us coming from different walks of life. 
to somehow end up here and we feel like we're getting away with murder. So, <laughs> How has that changed in the context of management versus agents? You both have, you both were agents for a long time, but now now this is a, this on the on the talent representation side, you are a manager with certain constrictions that come. Um, you know, I I think we, you know, we we always were students of the business. There were just there were some tremendous managers, tremendous agents. I mean, no one going to do it better than Patrick Weitzel or Brian Lord or Kevin Yvain or, you know, uh, and, and Rick Yorn is the gold standard of, of a manager, right? And so I think we were always trying to, you know, learn from, from mm -hmm. those folks as much as possible. Um, and Hilda Queeley, I mean, you know, just tremendous, tremendous representatives. Um, I, I feel like the, the collection of who range ended up being um, the ones that were agents to kind of had a managerial approach for whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, got, got close to the clients, you know, really tried to bleed for the clients. Um, and so, so those muscles have translated well. Um, uh, it, there's a lot of similar skill sets um, that said, you know, having fewer clients, has just opened our eyes up to creating space for strategy and uh, communication that we're hoping will benefit the client. And at the same time, create a, a quality of life for, for a representative or an executive that um, you know maximizes the experience. We always talk about every seven years, if you don't change what you do in some kind of meaningful way, you, you get complacent. Your mind kind of goes into autopilot. And, you know, the people that shift it up, and it doesn't mean you have to leave your company. You can change what you do. I looked at my career at CA, and it was in seven-year installments. Like, I could, I remember after I read a lot about this, oh, at about the seven-year mark, I got a little bit complacent, I, and I pushed for a shift. And so every seven, so right now we're we're in this next shift of like doing things, but it brings so much positive energy to the extent where I don't really know the difference between Monday and Saturday anymore. <laughs> you know, when when I was when you can say that, that's it's really job. it's really amazing. Well, Pete is you know to pay him a compliment is one of the most positive, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, cheerful humans I've never seen someone kind of with a better attitude about life and challenges. Uh, but yeah, you, you, I don't, you didn't ask the question, but this is, this has turned into kind of a, a dreamy situation, I think, for the collection of us working here, because we're just, you know, like the, the hours don't feel like work hours. It's just a, it's a very enthusiastic, bounce off the walls kind of feeling, and we hope to bottle that, we hope to keep it. Yeah. Of course, some of it's startup culture. Mm -hmm. I say a lot of it is the youth, it's a very young company. Mm -hmm. You know, I think things are changing so fast. We think a lot about grabbing points of view and, and promoting individuals earlier because they're living on the platforms and on the, and the distribution mechanisms that older folks aren't. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's infectious to have such a diverse, young group of people both working here and 
helping chart the course for the for the company. Mm -hmm. You can see we can see some of them at work downstairs here. Let me ask you what what do you look for? What what I know there's no such thing as an ideal client, but what do you look for in clients? Because you you have a range. You're in a lot of different. <laughs> no yeah, pun intended. Coming back. There you go. You have a lot of different types of people. You are not. You didn't say like this is a lit agency or this is an actor agency, but you've got a lot of I, diversity already. I'd be curious to get Pete's thoughts, but I I you know we have such a variety of um of of representatives that have different kind of specialties and interests. So there's not maybe one size fits all. <laughs> I, we we do love. Uh, multi-hyphenates, folks that are true creators mm -hmm. that are not necessarily wait for the telephone to ring kind of um, mentality um, because we love the idea of trying to uh, deploy an artist or uh, and, and their talent in a variety of different areas. Um, anyone who can put pen to paper and create obviously um, has a potential job for themselves, right? And so that's just really exciting to represent folks that are um, unbelievably talented at true creation. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be in a lot of different walks of life. Uh, Whether but, creating a song or oh, yeah, writing yeah. a pilot script Songers. or a piece of digital art. We, what I would add to is that we're looking for people or an idea client in my mind is someone who walks in and is like, I'm not just a movie star. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a creator. I'm a musician. Um, and they want, the, the range comes from the idea that you're not just one thing. You are a creative, brilliant mind that has a lot to impact the world um, with. You know that the, the, that the flip side of partnering with clients, that there are that, that, that these roads can be fraught with conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. I know you have, I know you guys gave this some thought. What have you put in guardrails? Have you put in parameters? How are you going to avoid a client two years from now saying, I was unduly pressured into in doing this deal or do, you know, doing something that Range was producing? How do you mitigate against that? Well, we have, there's a couple guardrails for us. Um, our studio operation is we have a third party that was always what I thought was the most successful way to avoid is we have A plus E in the mix on our studio stuff. That is a highly accomplished, highly established studio. And so you have that third party in there and in most cases um, um, driving that, that third party point of view. We also have most of, you know, the, the keto is all transparency. You know, and so what we what we do is we have some pretty big standards that we ad, uh, adhere to in terms of producing. We never wanted to be that um, um, the term that's used the, the glom on term was like oh there's a, we're in yeah. So we've established a standard of did we come up with the idea? Did we op, Did we use our money to option an article or a book? Um, did our uh, development executives that we're paying for? Um, generate the opportunity through um, bringing in a writer, offering them. So we look at it very much like we have to bring something to the table that was from an investment standpoint, our responsibility, from an idea standpoint, our, like those kind of things, or else we don't want to do it. And then there's always a, an attorney that's 
um, third-party attorney that we have do the deal that is keeping that has nothing to do with range. So there's, I think there's always really between the A plus E, between the film nation side of it, between us using our capital to invest in things, and having a third party in the client's life be part of the process. The guardrails are there if you want to be really transparent and and um, and follow those steps. Well said. I answer the question really simply, just the client trumps all. The client's interests will always trump our own financial interests. And so with full transparency, there's pros and cons to so many different dynamics. The client chooses, you know, uh, if on any situation where there's a discrepancy or an issue or a question, that's how I would answer it. That said, there's plenty of other things that are just fully exciting to go manufacture and create, you know, coming up with an idea or a, optioning a piece of material. It's, you know, that's one of the benefits of, of, of being on this side of the ball is staying with projects. Of this structure, you yeah, can just see as long, things from Just that. staying with stuff that you're creatively excited about, if that's of interest to you. Um, but anything that involves a client, in my opinion, it's... Uh, I go first. Yeah. We also tried to do it, Cynthia, where it was really about an efficiency. Everything we do is about efficiency. So, you know, when we were at the agency, it's like, oh, there's this book that somebody likes. Then you'd have to go find a studio that wanted to option it for them. And, you know, and so we we're, we're not... Everything we do is to create opportunity and value. So when we raise the money from A plus E, now we have significant funds that are like, oh, there's this book that I want. Well, we could go get it for you mm -hmm. and just do it right now. Or if you're not comfortable with that, then we can go ask these studios to option it for you or you can option it. And we lay out all the, and we, we get to the place, um, call it half the time where they're like, please go get it for me. You know, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to go pitch to other studios because the process is overwhelming right now. There's, I think if you pulled, there's so many projects going to market mm -hmm. and there's so many artists trying to get things done. And it's just like, it feels like a cattle call in a way I've never seen before in my I've 20 years had, of doing this. I've actually had people, you know, packaging agents, people in the business of selling saying, I wish there were fewer opportunities out yeah. there because yeah. it is just sorting through them all is overwhelming. That to me, that I have long, re, listeners of this podcast know I have long, we are in a bubble. There is good money there's just good money going after bad on content that will never make it. And that just, your point about efficiencies, that just, when we're, when we're at the point where we're no, no human being can watch all the content that is being made. If no they sat in front of a screen for 24 hours a day, we need to tap the brakes here. And I think that that naturally, that the, the invisible hand is making that happen a little bit. And you're, but, and you're also talking about, we're looking at data right now that's showing, you know, Gen Z 12 X on video games and social media platforms. And they are, you know, like, so there are trends that are coming mm -hmm. and we're not ignoring those trends. And so we're, we're, that's why we are spending a lot of time and effort and, and capital understanding how the new technology shifts. So we have, we can continue to present opportunities to our clients and partners. Don't even think about changing managers. We'll be right back after this pause for monetization with more from Range Media Partners, Peter Michelli and Jack Wiggum. Streaming has become the new TV. Today, free ad-supported streaming TV, otherwise known as FAST, has opened up new revenue streams for platforms, advertisers, and content owners. Partner with Amagi, a global leader in FAST, to reach 
200 million plus CTV households, more than 100 platforms, over 700 content brands, and access 50 billion plus ad opportunities. So make a fast move. Visit amagi.com today. And we're back with more from Range Media Partners, Peter Michelli and Jack Wiggum. Where do you see the biggest potential for home runs for the company? Would you say, would it be in content developing, you know, just developing a really hot piece of content? Or do you think commerce, business opportunities with clients, that those can be, you know, those can be, as you say, you know, 10x the licensing fee of a, of a TV series? Our home, for me, our home runs are going to be in the technology space and the data. Mm. You know, us being able to use data to put our partners in a much stronger position in everything they do. So it overlays in us such a huge way. And then us, you know, uh, we have a company, Myth, that we've raised a lot of capital from in a very down um, uh, market. And it's a product that we've developed. It's good, it functions in so many amazing ways. So technology and data for us are where the, the outsized opportunities are gonna be. Um, and I agree. I, I think it's the application of technology with a, 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 a piece of commerce and a client or an artist and that recipe I think will um, translate to really exciting companies or products that would probably be where a home run would lead. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Let me ask you, I, we, we would need a whole other podcast to talk about Web3 and the kind of the, the, the yeah. what's what's happening now, what's going to happen in the future. We're really in Web 2.5. That's that's the reality of the moment. We're in Web 3 is a little off, but everybody's using that term. Well, I'm, I'm Web in, 3 is I'm at the coastline. We are a little inland yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let me just ask you this. I would be curious. Do you think, where do you think that we are going to see, because you mentioned blockchain being so, such an efficient distribution device and also very, you know, influential. Yeah. Do you think that we will see, you know, contracts done on the blockchain? Do you think that we will see a movie or or, or content distributed on the blockchain? Where do you think don't, we will don't see... Don't think about the blockchain as a distribution system. It's an efficiency of being able to uh, run the smart contracts so you could collect royalty. There's a lot... It's, an, it's a tool of efficiency that you're going to need... A distribution platform will most likely come in the form of wallets where you can go direct to your community and say, here's the content piece. I'm giving it to you in your wallet for a period of time. But do you have clients that have deals that are embedded in, like, are people doing transactions in we do. this we have way a couple. today? We, we're in the early days of it, but yes, we have a few. And it's, um, I mean, it's really exciting to see the impacts of it. Mostly it's, it's really about, you know, you're using it to deal with your community directly and not have to bring a third-party corporation in to organize collecting payments and doing all mm -hmm. those things. So think of like it's peer-to-peer. -peer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but blockchain is a distribution platform. That is not what blockchain will serve as. Mm -hmm. And so you, um, you, you're, we're gonna have to find, if artists do wanna distribute to their community directly, they will be in the form of a wallet or some other um, um, application that will allow them to reach them directly. And then you got to figure out how do you monetize it and what, how does it make sense? And then um, do those things happen for first window because you have a rabid fan base that wants a premium experience to get it early and 
couple it with some other things, and then you you take it to the traditional systems. And how will that work? My strategy is on that is to hire well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have a we have a, a beautiful mind and Natalie Bruss who helps us run um, that entire innovation and. Uh, so I personally lean heavily on her. Coming out of your experience at E1, what were some of the, the you know, having spent a long time as a representative, as a talent agent, when going into the executive side, what were some of the big lessons that you learned from that perspective that you had, that you didn't realize you didn't know from being a very sophisticated talent agent? Oh, I mean, it's just, it was really countless. I don't know. That experience was profound for me because it was a public company and, um, um, understanding how to project out the futures of the value of content. I had no idea how, you know, we all think as agents, a lot of them understand like what goes in, what, what a studio needs to do to make something. Mm -hmm. And you, as an agent, you kind of think it's super easy. Like, oh, come on, this is, what are you guys doing? It's, and then once you get inside of one and you realize Yellow Jackets or Cool Summer or The Rookie or um, Deputy, the amount of time and effort to make something great is really, really hard. The money that's at risk is significant. Mm, yeah. How to come up with a global content strategy. How are you going to maximize it? And then, so there was that whole learning. There was also the learning of the family business. You know, Olivia Dumont is like, I think one of the most brilliant executives in family and watching how he built up Peppa Pig and PJ Masks and understanding what you really to build a valuable asset mm -hmm. and the differences between Peppa and PJ and Ricky Zoom and Cupcake and Dino. And so, um, and then, you know, just the, what, you know, uh, Darren Troop and, had done a great job of, he was acquiring a lot of different businesses and how do they all fit or don't fit? And what do you do with culture? And so I just learned an enormous amount. And uh, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life just to kind of, step away from one side of the table, go to the other, and then you just, it just opens up your mind. So, um, and it was really, you know, we had such a successful two-year run. I mean, the, the sale of the company was enormous. And it was a lot of, you know, then you can kind of sit in a room with Steve Cohen and go like, oh yeah, no, like, I see things and here's what we think. What led you to be in a room with Steve Cohen? Did you know him before or were you, were you, match made by somebody trying to help you get range off? No, it wasn't. It, it was early in the day. Uh, we had met just simply because um, it was around the time that um, WME was going to go public the first time. And he just, he was just curious about it. You know, what does this mean? And so we had had a, a meeting to talk about WME going public, I think in 2019. Mm-hmm. And we just had a mutual friend and he was curious about it. And so we talked a little bit about the entertainment space and it was really kind of nothing, but we had a really good time together. And then, um, um, and then really not, no communication at all. Um, because I was so curious to meet the guy that everybody was like, Oh, he's billions. By the way, he's not billions. It's not even close. It's he, he has long been rumored yeah. to be one so, of the. I mean, well, he was definitely part of the influence, but not. Yeah. He's not Bobby Axel. No, he's not Bobby Axel at all. He's got the greatest sense. Although of that's humor. a good story. You yeah, got He's got the greatest sense of humor. He is so smart. It's crazy. I mean, he you pick up any business on the first bounce, and he's been incredible for us. Is he involved in the day to day? No, not at all. Not no day to day activity. We talk. You know. Uh, 
we talk very regularly, once a week, sometimes twice a week, and, and just kind of bouncing off ideas. We're thinking about this. We're very active with his venture capital firm, Point72. That is a, um, they're involved in And that in is a budgets. very active firm. We're writing a yeah. lot about the, 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 their various yeah. investments. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're so sophisticated, the way they use data. And so we're in a constant dialogue with them. And Steve's just very curious about what we're doing, and he's very interested in sports and entertainment. Um, but that's the, the, he has no. There's no. Uh, we run the business. What is your total size in terms of full-time staff now? We're, we 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 had, we scaled up somewhat quickly, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that we had capabilities. And to Pete's point earlier, to really add a lot of infrastructure around the uh, maybe non-traditional blocking and tackling things. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're around 130, a little more. Yeah. <laughs> 200 in that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're uh, we're 148 right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that about where you want to be, or do you see room for? No, there's growth. We don't put any guardrails. I mean, it, it, the key is, it, is that it feels intimate always, and, and uh, you know, I remember, you know, I've worked at places where they're they can be many more people than that but still feel yeah. boutique -y or intimate and some of that is just the vibe that you maintain and um hopefully how we collectively all co-run this thing and in, in, in an intimate way if you had a crystal ball and you could say in five years time i would see six i would define success as what would what would you define success as i would say I, i'd love to bottle every human that's at the company right now and they're still here <laughs> and just still bouncing off walls. I mean, what a metric that would be. Mm -hmm. We're 2Xing revenue every year. So at some point that's, you, you can't do that obviously. Um, we'll move to a more, you know, uh, more significant EBITDA where we are hoping to have north of 20% margins in each division. Um, coupling with the, you know, I keep, you know, in five years, I'm hoping Monday and Saturday don't feel different to me. Um, continuing that theme. I think the, you know, we look at ourselves as a cultural capital firm. And so can we really have impact on redefining the sector and, and bringing an offering that really speaks to a cultural capital firm? Um, constantly innovating in five years and have a company that's really profitable that all the stakeholders that, like Jack says, you know, should have their heads examined for leaving these really cushy, great, big jobs, that the equity the value that we've created, it changes, um, not changes their life because that's money, to, but it just, it affords them the freedom later on in their life to do whatever they want to do. And that is, that is the, that is the greatest, I get chills thinking about, that is the greatest reward that we all got together. We all own the company. It's ours. We've saved uh, chunks of equity for people to continue to come in over time and do it in a way where everybody feels really connected to the mission because it's theirs. And so in five years, we hope that that is really uh, is paid off in spades for everybody. There's another aspect of thinking about it that we speak about, which one of the beauties of getting to, you know, co-run uh, your own company, you know, with a group of friends and other people you respect is you get to do things in a new way, in a different way, and that is, uh, in five years, we've had we have a couple of, of mantras and thesis that we'll need five years to see if those were mm -hmm. the right ones and mm -hmm. see how they play out. Um, a couple of them, core ones are though we, 
we don't believe in the binary nature of Hollywood where there's always a winner and loser. We love working with partners. We love having agency partners. We love working with other management companies, getting to produce with other management companies or producers. And it's just, we'd like to be a positive member of the Hollywood community, kind of taking that spirit forward. Of course, it sounds dreamy, but you know, that I, I think that there's a possibility to do that and it will, it will, it'll make the creative ecosystem a more fun place to work rather than having it feel totally binary. Right. And I also think that that flows down within the, the, the ranks of your company. You know, if, if, if we can wake up and, and be generous with colleagues and new employees, the company will just be, again, a happier place to work. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. I love that spirit. Thank you both so much for your time. And I want to also say thank you to Jack's mom for <laughs> making us a delicious plate of pumpkin bread, of which I have had two pieces, and I'm going to go in for a third before I leave. Pete's had four. That's, that's, a, shout five, that's a shout out to Beth Wiggum, who uh, Beth made Wiggum. pumpkin bread, thank you, uh, Mr. even Wiggum. with a hurt back. So love you, mom. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. Please go to Variety.com and sign up for the free Strictly Business newsletter. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.